Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. My guest today is Catherine March, and she is the author of a new book called The Vegan Artist. Please welcome her to the show. It's so nice to meet you. Hi, AJ. Thank you so much for having me on. This is exciting for me. I'm so and I did write a book, and I'm excited to share it with you. This is my book. The Vegan Artist, Plant-Based is Easy. Well, it's very beautiful. I want to hear your whole story of when you became plant-based and why. But I do want to say, I, you know, I heard that you heard about me from a previous guest named Louise, and I'm just so happy you took her suggestion to uh, ask to be on the show. So thank you. Thank you, too. I did a lot of um, events this summer, a lot of vendor fairs selling my book and my art. And I met Louise there and she told me I should talk to you. And well, here we are. That's great. And I'm sorry it took so long. We have just more people applying to be on the show than I have hours in the day to do it. But I'm happy to meet you and I'm happy to hear your story. I, I, I can see like just behind you how beautiful that I don't know if you did the art that's on your wall behind you, but I can see it's very pretty. Yes, everything behind me is mine. I was blessed to have a mother who was a portrait artist, a very, very good one, well known, um, really well paid. And she taught me how to paint. But sadly, my parents were the ones that actually got me into to uh, veganism and plant based eating. Um, a little background about me. Did, did you I'm say, originally I, from I, Chicago. I'm sure I heard you. Did you say sadly? Yes, my mother and my father, they did not do well. Um, the reason I became a plant-based eater was watching them with their heart disease and their diabetes. It was painful. I talk about this also in my book, but my story kind of goes back. I grew up in Chicago and Me too. I went to art school oh. there. Same here. You from Chicago? Yes, and I went to private school there, Akiba. I grew up in Arlington Heights. Where are you from? South Side, South Shore. South Side girl. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a Cubs fan, you know, South we Side. Were, we were White Sox fans. Well, of course you were. <laughs> I'll, I'll still like you, AJ. I'll forgive you that. Okay. I'm not really a sports fan, but I just remember the one time I went to a baseball game, it was at Comiskey Park and it was for the White Sox. Yes, I remember the old Comiskey Park with the showers. I was actually there on disco demolition night which was kind of infamous. But I grew up there. I went to art school at the American Academy of Art. And I ended up moving to Los Angeles in the mid 80s, followed a man that didn't work. But you know, that's an old story. And I was a graphic designer. And back in those days, everything was kind of cut and paste. And when everything moved to computers, I got out of the business. I worked for a while in Los Angeles and I got married and we moved to Orange County. It was a long drive. So I started selling stuff. Uh, long story short, we ended up moving to Colorado in the mid 90s. And I did a lot of sales jobs. And I ended up becoming a single mother, raised my three children. And I worked retail, I sold insurance. And I had this very, I built a pretty good insurance agency, but I really wanted to share what I had learned. So when my parents were both my age now in their mid 60s, they got terrible heart disease and they each had triple bypass surgery. Wow. And at the Both of them. That's incredible. Did they not know the reason that they were having these conditions? No, they, my mother thought she was a good eater. She was always very slender, but they ate a lot of meat. 
they ate vegetables, but you know, a lot of dairy. And I didn't really know it at the time. We used to joke, ha ha, we'll just schedule ours for our 65th birthday because, you know, they had their heart and they weren't invalids. They still were capable of doing things afterwards, but it progressed. And my father developed diabetes. And one day I got a phone call that he had fallen because he couldn't walk anymore. He had neuropathy in both legs and he was ended up confined to a bed my mother started getting dementia and it wasn't Alzheimer's. It was all related to her heart disease. She had all these little mini strokes in her brain and watching them, it was really sad. We had to move my dad into the living room. I, my mother would start yelling at him. I know you're cheating on me. And we'd have to sometimes call and diffuse the situation. And slowly they died. And as they were sick, I really started to research. I didn't want this. Um, and I realized by watching so many of these plant-based doctors that going on a whole food plant-based diet was the single best thing I could do to prevent me having to put my children through this. So as I was researching, I realized that there were so many different sources and a lot of people don't really know how to cook and to be successfully plant-based, I think it's imperative to have some good cooking skills because it's hard to find healthy food, you know, that's ready to make. So I wrote my book and I'll go through it a little bit, but it's called The Vegan Artist, Plant-Based is Easy. As I mentioned, I was a graphic designer back in the 80s and everything was on computer. So in order for me to do this book, I had to actually go back and learn everything. I taught myself in design and illustrator and Photoshop by watching YouTube videos. One of my sisters was still in the business. So when I stuck, I'd call her. But I got this done and published and I realized that I needed to do this full time. So I sold my insurance agency to my business partner and here I am. So I spent the last year promoting my book and my art in public at various fairs. And I had the most amazing experience. I was a vendor at the Reducitarian Summit. It was here in Denver this year. And I had sold a book to a, a young lady at a, an event in Boulder and she recognized me and she came up. She's like, do you remember me? And I did. And she said, your book has changed my life. She was almost in tears. And it made me feel so happy because my goal is to help people eat better. In fact, my business motto is helping the world become a healthier place one person at a time. Oh, that's lovely. Did you do the cover for your book? I mean, is that was that a painting that you then put on the cover? Yes. As we'll see, I'm going to show you some slides that will be the interior of my book. Every illustration in my book is an illustration by me. My mother was a portrait artist, so I learned how to paint at a very young age. And I, I really appreciate what I learned from her. And I also appreciate that I learned to eat better because of her bad illnesses. How long ago was it that you first became vegan? You know, for me, it was a progression. I know some people roll up. In fact, I, I read your story, AJ, and I see that you kind of became an ethical vegan overnight. It took me longer. I had always thought that I was a pretty good eater. I became a huge salad queen in college. I realized, you know, that too much fat made food made me fat. So I got into salads and I always drank my coffee black, but I still ate yogurt and chicken and 
eggs. I ate a lot of eggs and I didn't realize how so many of those affected my, my diet. So for me, it was a progression. The last thing that I finally gave up was fish, but I want to say I called myself a vegan around 2015, but I probably wasn't truly a hundred percent always for maybe last four or five years. Well, great. Well, thanks for joining the club. Welcome. It's a good club to be a member of, and I am never leaving this one. Nice. Well, I hear you prepared a lovely presentation for us. We'd love to see it. All right. Let me see. Let me share my screen, and hopefully everything will work the way I'm expecting it to. Oh, dear. It went away. Hang on a second. Let me open it again. I'm sorry. When we had to sign off for some yeah. reason. Well, we, we practiced this and it, we, we practiced it. it always, and it always works in rehearsal, doesn't it? There we go. Okay. So share this. All right. Now let's try it again. Let me share my screen. There it is. Share. There you go. Let me make it big. Perfect. And file. How do I make this big? Maybe uh, start from a slideshow. Maybe go to slideshow. Go go back. You had it, I think. Go back, back arrow. And and maybe click slideshow. Uh, up, go up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there it is from the beginning. Start okay, beginning. I apologize. You know, I'm I'm that's pretty okay. good at technology, but I'm still learning. Okay, so. I want to talk about my book. This is the table of contents for my book. And you can see that I try to make it as user-friendly as possible. So I begin with the introduction. Again, all of the illustrations in here are mine. And I was able to, I did a lot of new ones, but I actually had quite a few Im images that I used. So I try to talk from the beginning. How am I going to feel? How do I begin? What do I do? So many people are lost. They know they want to do this, but they're really not sure how to even begin. What do I eat? Hot topics and vegan controversies. What's the difference between vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian? I talk about sugar, honey, organics, soy, cheese. Is it addictive? Yeah, it is. Can I cook with oil? Plant-based burgers. What about these? What about gluten? Do I have to give up gluten? Living the lifestyle. What do I do at a restaurant? How am I going to feel? What do I do on vacation? What if my children don't want to eat this way? Then I want to get into the nitty gritty of nutrition. The first question everybody's going to ask you when you tell them you're not eating animals anymore is how are you going to get your protein? Well, I explain that. I actually go through and talk about the different um, grams of protein in different items so you can help put your meals together. Fiber. Fiber is going to keep you full. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself. It's going to build that gut microbiome. Then I talk about ingredients you may not be familiar with. Agar, agar, what the heck is aquafaba? Nutritional yeast, which I use now that I know about it, I put that stuff in everything. Pantry, what do I keep on hand? Then I really want to teach people to cook. And I always cooked, so I approached veganism as kind of just learning a new cuisine. And that's my approach to it, but I wanted to tell people about things like herbs, spices, 
blends. How do I use them? What kitchen appliances do I need? Basic cooking techniques. I talk about how to caramelize onions without using any oil. How do you make a plant-based milk? How do you cook dried beans? What about tofu, quinoa? And then everybody who's a cook is going to have to learn how to use a knife. Because when you're cooking vegan, you're probably going to be chopping a lot more vegetables than you may be already. So I'm trying to teach some good knife skills, how to cut an onion, meal prep tips. Remember, I was a single mother. I raised three children alone and I had to make a lot of meals. So the meal prep for plant-based eating isn't that much different. You're still having to get things ready. So when you come home from a long day at work, it's pretty easy to put a meal together. Then I wanted to talk about mother sauces. Anybody that's ever gone to cooking school knows there's five basic, what they call mother sauces. Well, I propose that there's some vegan mother sauces. And if you know how to make a good cashew cream, a good brown sauce, a hollandaise sauce, a pesto and a hummus, then it's so much easier to put a meal together. So I have some basic recipes. And then something else that I sort of coined this expression, flavor pods, certain types of food go together. And if you know five or six ingredients that work well together, then it becomes a lot easier, again, to put a meal together. I believe that when you're taking a traditional food and you're making it vegan, as long as you get the flavor profile right and you get the texture similar, people are going to like it. They're not going to really even notice sometimes that it's vegan. Uh, mix and match big salads. I'm the queen of salads. I have been eating salads pretty much all my life. And sometimes it's easy just to know how to put one together. Different lettuce varieties, uh, Buddha bowls. We did Buddha bowls for my daughter's wedding shower and it worked out really well because we were able to satisfy a lot of people, make it vegan and everybody was happy. You can do them for dinner, you can do them for breakfast, sheet pan meals. Then my book becomes a traditional cookbook. I have the appetizers, the breakfast, soups. I talk about lentils, how to use them and all the different, aren't they beautiful? All the different varieties, dried beans, how to use them. I think beans are so gorgeous. The main event, I try to take traditional food that my children like, for instance, shepherd's pie or chili or uh, lasagna. I'm an Italian girl. So lasagna was a staple in my house and I had to learn how to make everything without using the animals. So I talk about mushroom varieties of all of my illustrations. When I sell these at the market, this is the most popular illustration that I have are these beautiful mushrooms. Onions, how do you use an onion? Peppers and chilies, squash varieties. And then of course I, I have desserts and my appendix is full of other books that might help you. All of my recipes are in grams as well as ounces and cups. And here's the conversion chart. And I talk about allergens, how you can change things. And uh, that's pretty much the basics of my book. That's so well, that's beautiful. I love this idea of the vegan mother sauces. As a cook, I thought you might like some of these, AJ. And that whole idea of the flavor pods when I came up with that, because I realized that if somebody knows some basic cooking techniques, it sort of takes the, the it demystifies cooking and it takes some of that worry. And, and I think some people are afraid to cook and it sort of 
makes it easier. How many recipes are in the book? You know, I have never counted because I have so many buried in there. I would say there's probably 150-ish. It's 256 pages long. And the first half of the book is more instructional, but even the instructional part has recipes buried within that. That's neat. Is this your first book? This is my very first book. I have since done a couple of children's books. I have I have a book about a little girl that goes to the farm and falls in love with the animals and decides not to eat them. It's called Plant Powered Polly Visits the Farm. And I have one coming out in March, which will be another children's book. This one is focused on a dog. It's called um, Benny, the escape artist, which is my dog. And I'm almost done with the illustrations and that one will be done in March. And I have other books planned, but... They are a lot of work and I am self-published. I um, I sit on the board of Colorado Independent Publishers Association. So all of my books, I write them, I illustrate them, I design them because I am a graphic designer and I publish them. So it's, it's a labor of love. So it, it, where do people get them if they're self-published? The best place to buy them, they are on Amazon, but I would prefer people get them from me because I can give you a discount code. You can get them from a much better price. My website is theveganartist.com. And the discount code is chefaj10. So you'll get 10% off. And I don't charge any shipping. Even within no, the continental. Okay, United yeah, you States. better say that. <laughs> I, I, so I met a guy. This was another good affirmation. I was at the Reducitarian Summit and I met a man, he's a vegan pastry chef and he bought my book, but he was Canadian. And he said, oh, I want to buy four more. So shipping them to Canada, it was expensive. He actually, I made him buy like a fifth book and then I didn't ship it and that covered my shipping. But outside the continental, it's a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I can imagine. But those people then maybe can get it on Amazon if they live outside the United States. Yes, they can. That's neat. Well, thank you for the discount code. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes. People love to know what our guests eat. Well, I can give you some ideas. Um, my house is a full house right now. My youngest son just moved home. He was in the Coast Guard and he has separated. And now he's home trying to figure out the next stage of his life. And my oldest son lives here. And I have a sister that's staying with me right now. Uh, and then my daughter and her husband live nearby. So I always have a lot of people coming and going. I'm I'm the oldest of eight children. And now I am the matriarch of the family. And several of my siblings also live in the Colorado area. So people are always in my house. And very few of them besides me are vegan. However, they like my food. So I do make a lot. This morning, I made blueberry muffins and I made some scrambled tofu. And the boys only ate the vegan muffins, but that's okay. That's their choice. Um, for lunch, I'm a salad queen. I almost always eat salad. And dinners, last week I made some, I made my shepherd's pie. My oldest son loves it. And he doesn't like the lentils in it. So I sent, tend to do that separately. And that way you can put them in the bottom of the bowl and the shepherd's pie on top. Um, I make a lot of pasta. My dad was Italian. And when I was growing up on Sundays, and I talk about this in my book, I, my house always smelled like tomato sauce. It was my dad called it Sunday sauce. Sometimes I hear it called gravy and he's from New Jersey, but he always called it sauce. So I make a really good vegan sauce. My boys love that. My, my daughter too, and her husband. Um, pretty much anything that you can think of, I can veganize. That's great. So your family didn't go vegan when you went vegan? 
you know, my daughter did for a while, but then she married a man and I'm trying to get him back. Ironically, they are both nurses and Dr. Greger is coming to Denver in February. And I've already signed my daughter up and I told her she has to come to his talk. He's such a good speaker. I've met him a couple of times and I've been to several of his presentations and I'm hoping to sort of get them back on board. What do you think their resistance is or why she went vegan and then stopped being vegan? Well, he grew up in a family that didn't really always eat that well. And he likes to hunt. Oh my God. And I know, I know. Well, what do you do? My, my, I always tell people, I am not the vegan police. I can lead you. I can show you the way because I look at my family and I'm really healthy. My blood works are perfect. I'm not on any meds. And I'm in my mid I'm the same age as my parents were when they had their triple bypasses. And I tried to leave by example. So you live in a community though, Denver, isn't Colorado pretty plant forward, pretty vegan friendly? Yes. One of the benefits, you know, had I done this years ago, it would have been much more difficult. What This is actually a funny story. When I moved to Colorado, I grew up in Chicago where, you know, AJ, you know this. Do you Italian remember beef and did you sausage? Ever, did you ever, I didn't have any of that because we were Jewish and kosher, but I did have Frangle Mints from Marshall Fields. Do you remember that? I named my first cat Frango because she was dark brown and had mint green eyes. Oh, that's hilarious. Did you ever go to Marshall Fields and have those? Oh, good God, yes. Yeah. I, I went to art school right down the street. I was on State Street. Was it the Art Institute? Did you go to the Art Institute of Chicago? I went to the American Academy of Art, which was on the corner of State and Adams. Now it's up on Michigan Avenue. But at the time, it was a very more of a fundamental school where the Art Institute had a tendency to be a little more um, avant-garde. And my school was very much learn how to draw. My very first year, the whole morning was fundamentals and the afternoon was life drawing. So we learned. Nice. Well, fruits and vegetables are some of the prettiest things you can draw. I love painting fruits and vegetables. They're so beautiful. I like photographing them too. And they're colorful. I love the picture when you showed your book of the carrots because I love purple carrots. You know, I think when I do my next edition, I may put that picture on the cover because I get a lot of good, positive feedback on that one. Do you still work as an artist? Do you sell your art anywhere? Do you do art shows? I do. So I am in a gallery here in the Denver area. I do a lot of shows. So this summer I did 25 shows. I was doing a farmer's market and a lot of um art shows. I think next summer I'm going to do even more. And I teach classes in the winter. I teach life drawing and I teach some paint and sip classes. Um, this is my whole new career. You know, I, I've got to start. I, I get excited about it. You know, I, I'm the kind of person that I've changed my careers a lot of times and I sort of leap and I expected that to appear and it always does. Yeah. The picture that I love of the carrots, I mean, I would buy that as a picture. I would buy it as a card, like if you made greeting cards, for example. What medium did you use to create that? So that original was in pastels. And now that you mentioned it, on my website, theveganartist.com, I sell my, you can buy illustrations. I have them there. And they I do jaclay prints and I also do greeting cards. So they're all available on my website. And a jaclay print is a very fine inkjet process on museum archival quality paper. 
and I print it with a border so it fits in a standard frame. So I have eight by tens and 11 by 14s. And again, I sell those and can ship them anywhere in the United States as well. Nice. Do you go to any of the meetups? And because I know I have a lot of friends in Colorado, maybe not Denver, but Boulder, Fort Collins. And I hear that there's a lot going on in the plant-based scene. One of my friends actually runs a meetup here in Denver, the vegan, the Denver vegans, I think she calls it. And I, I love Boulder. I worked in Boulder for a lot of years and I even ran a networking group up there. So Boulder is a great place to be vegan. Every single restaurant in in, in Boulder, you can get a vegan meal and Colorado is getting much better. Although it's interesting. I was, um, I, I attended the Reducitarian Summit. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's... I, I I wasn't there, but I heard about it. Was Robert Cheek there? I think that's where I heard. Yes, Robert Cheek is a... Yes, I know him. Uh, in fact, it's so funny. At the Boulder Barnes & Noble, my book and his book are on the same table next to each other, but they're way back in a corner of local, you know, local authors. Um, but he's a very nice man. I met him originally on the Holistic Holiday Cruise uh, this past March. So the Reducitarian Summit was here. And let's see, what was I going to tell you about this? I can't recall now. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Um, so there were a lot of people that were here. And I met a woman who was British. And if you've ever traveled to Great Britain, it is so easy to be vegan there. I was shocked. I was in Scotland. Every single pub I stopped in had a vegan menu. But uh, she found it really She's like, oh, I'm finding it really hard to eat plant-based. There's only one or two things on the menu. And I'm thinking, I think it's great. There's one or two things on the menu. So the perspective is different depending on where you are. Do you think the fact that you always enjoyed cooking and knew how to cook made your transition easier than some people? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Again, I approached it as just learning a new cuisine like I wanted, like when I was learning to cook you know, Indian food or, or Chinese food or Thai food. It was like, oh, now I'm learning vegan food. So, that, but there's a great attitude and a great way to look at it. Thank you. I do think though, there's a difference between vegan food and plant-based food. Right. Because you mentioned no oil. How did you know to go no oil? Did you go, because you said you, you transitioned a little bit more slowly. I did. My first, I, I want to say my first guru, I, stumbled upon Dr. Furman. I like to, um, I'm a person that likes to watch documentaries. So I was kind of going through PBS one day and I stumbled upon him. And of course I ran out and bought all his books because I was already fascinated with nutrition. Even before I went plant-based, I had taken nutrition classes through the University of Colorado here. And I read all these books. And at the time there was an awful lot of books talking about protein, forward diets like the zone and the South Beach diet. And of course I read all of those. And when I stumbled upon Dr. Furman and I bought his books, I started learning a whole new way of eating. And I just read everything that's out there. And I learned nutrition via those books. I pretty much read them all. In fact, Dr. Bernard gave me a nice quote for my book. He, he uh, liked it. Oh. Excuse me. I'm going to have a cough here. That's okay. <laughs> He's amazing. Do you exercise? I do. I wish I did a little bit more. I have to admit, when I was working in an office full time, excuse me, I've had a cold the last couple of days. Hmm. Okay. Bless yes. you. Thank you. 
Um, when I was in an office full time, the gym I belonged to was on my way into the office. So I pretty much went every single day. And now I do lift weights at home. I belong to the gym, but I don't get there nearly as often as I should. But I do. I walk my dog and um, I'm in I'm in Colorado. So we still do a lot of hiking and paddle boarding. I don't ski. I used to ski all the time in the winter, but I've had um, some knee injuries and I'm I'm kind of done. Too cold. Oh man, yeah, and it is cold where you live. My my friend said it's snowing there today. Well, a little bit last night. We've had we've had a fairly decent winter. It's not like Chicago, Chef AJ. It's definitely um, better than that. Not as warm as LA, though. Yeah, no, I'm not in LA. I don't live in. I mean, I lived in LA for five years. I live in Northern California, where it actually is pretty cold. Oh, awesome! My niece and my nephew are both out there now. What, what part? Well, my niece is in Oakland. Um, two hours from me. Yeah. And then my nephew is in a town. Oh, geez. It, it's north of Oakland, but I can't recall. Um, Fremont, I think. Oh, that's where my sister lives. Wow. That's neat. Yeah. I'm near, I'm near Sacramento, the state capital. I love Northern California. It's so beautiful out there. I had my niece who lives out there got married on Tamales Bay a few years ago. And it was the middle of July. And I think it was colder than, a, I don't know. It was pretty cold. I felt like I was in Chicago in, in, in January. It was crazy. That's funny. So what advice do you have for people that say, because your, your book says plant-based is easy, but a lot of people say it's too hard. I think everything's too hard until you take the time to learn. It really isn't. I have gotten into some habits. Um, here's a habit that I started years ago when my children were little and I wasn't plant-based at all. But when I would cut my vegetables, I would always put them aside in a bowl and leave them in the fridge. And then when I had enough of them, I would put them in a pot, cover them with water and let them cook on low for several hours. And there I had my my stock. Little things like that, when you just start making habits. Um, things I have a whole section in the book about food prep and some things that can make it easy. Frozen vegetables already cut up are a godsend. And sometimes they actually have more nutrients than when you buy them on the shelf, because when they first pick the vegetables, the nutrition will go a little bit, you know, every day that it sits on a shelf, we'll get fewer and fewer vitamins. So when they pick them and they cut them and I freeze them immediately, most of those vitamins are still intact. So you never can feel guilty for using frozen vegetables. You can buy frozen brown rice if that's something you need to do, or even the boxed kind that is um, in a bag, you can just boil it up and there you have it. It can make a, a very fast meal. Canned beans, again, godsend. Canned beans and canned tomatoes are probably, now canned tomatoes can be a little controversial because of the canning and the acidic. But if you're going to not do a plant-based meal because you're a little bit afraid of that, I think you're better off still using the canned tomatoes. Well, they also have tomatoes in jars and fresh. And you know, there, there's wonderful brands in BPA-free cans if people are worried. Absolutely, 100%. So I think um, also lentils, lentils cook up fast. There are 20 minutes, you can have those done. I give a lot of tips in my book so that you can get a meal on the table in half an hour or less. Do you use any of my favorite time-saving appliances like the Instant Pot or the Air Fryer? 
I love my air fryer. That has made such a difference in my life. I my okay, this is kind of a funny story. I had a slow cooker and I had this big pot of mashed potatoes all ready to go to Thanksgiving dinner one year. And behold, the handles fell, they broke everywhere. So I had no slow cooker. So I told my son I wanted an Instapot and he bought me an Instapot, but he bought me the Instapot slow cooker, which is really a wonderful, wonderful appliance. So I don't own an Instapot, but I use my air fryer, my stand mixer. I have a very well-equipped kitchen. Do you do any kind of batch prep? No, I really don't. Now, I think I'm not cooking for three children every day like I used to. And I think if I was, batch cooking is probably a really smart way to go. But I work from home and I really like to cook. And I just remodeled my kitchen a few years ago. So it's it's awesome. And, you know, for me, cooking is fun. Right. A lot of people it isn't, though. And how do we help those people? <laughs> In my book, I have a whole section on how to do things like that. So a lot of way to batch cook, a lot of times people like to chop their vegetables ahead of time and they get them. You know, I guess I have done some batch cooking, especially in, in September when you go to the farmer's market and I'll buy a case of tomatoes and I'll get those all ready. Um, you know, I, I'll can my tomatoes and I'll can my sauce. I'll make a huge sauce and I can freeze some of it. If I do make a big meal and there's more than we can eat, I'll divide it in half. And we'll freeze it. I think just getting in the habit of cooking a little bit extra and putting some aside is very helpful for a busy family. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they have uh, they have food delivery services now that will ship pretty much anywhere in the United States in, in like dry ice. And they're, they're pretty good. Some of them I like you work at home and I love to cook. So it's not something that interests me. But I think that could help some people that either are unable or unwilling or maybe don't have the time to to prepare. But I don't I think you make the time. I mean, I think, like you say, habits are really important because it doesn't really take any longer. To, unless you're going through the drive-through, I don't think it takes any longer to prepare a healthy meal than an unhealthy meal. Absolutely. Once you get in the habit of it, and that's why I thought my book was so needed because I really put a lot of those easy cooking techniques. As an example, when I first started going vegan, I really didn't take the time to make beans from scratch very often. But now I'm so used to it. I do. And it takes me maybe an extra five minutes. I have to plan for it because it's a two-day process. But once you have them ready, I will take the beans, put them in my slow cooker, cover them with water and some salt, and I let them sit overnight. Then I drain them in the morning, throw in a little bit of baking soda and some more water and turn it on slow. And you know, a few hours later, I have perfectly cooked beans. And it didn't take that much effort. It just took time. Yeah, or some planning. I'm happy to take any shortcut available to me, even if that includes buying peeled garlic and a chopped, already chopped onion. Confession, I have a jar of chopped garlic in my refrigerator, well, even though I grew that, it. You know, the, during the pandemic, especially early on, when we really didn't know the extent or the gravity of the situation, I mean, that's when I really started doing those things, like getting the garlic in the jar. And Honestly, like unless you have do a side by side, it, it doesn't make that much difference whether I squeeze the lime myself or use organic Santa Cruz lime juice. It really doesn't make a huge difference. But the amount of time I save does. I also have two bottles of lemon juice in my refrigerator, too. Lots of cans of tomatoes and and beans and um 
quinoa cooks up as fast as white rice. Brown rice, uh, you tend to have to plan for, unless you buy it frozen. About, let's see, when was it? It was 2017. I was skiing and I had a really bad accident where I broke my pelvis and I was stuck in a chair for eight weeks. And I had my son who was living with me and helping me feed. He went and bought a whole lot of frozen um, brown rice and he brought was able to get some frozen meals that were completely vegan. And we just kept those in the freezer. And that's what he fed me while I was incapacitated. So yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to make? You know, it takes, I really think for me, it changes with the season. I love preparing the vegetables in the fall. One of my favorite things to do is I go to the farmer's market and I buy two, two big cases of the fresh tomatoes and I will cut them in half and roast them. That's how I peel them. It's much faster. And I do believe I talk about that, how to do that in my book. And I make a big sauce. My dad was Italian. His name was Larry Marchesano. March is short for Marchesano. Uh, he was from New Jersey. So he was pretty Italian. And every Sunday he would make a sauce. So I do do that. And I like to can my sauce. And that way we have it all winter long. That's very cool. Do you appear at any live events where people wanted to maybe meet you and have them sign your book, get the book in person? Absolutely. Now, if you're here in Denver, every weekend, I'm at a different event. I'm probably going to do a different farmer's market last year. But if you go to my website, theveganartist.com and sign up for my newsletter, I'll go ahead and post some of those. And I'm hoping to be available in some stores. I'm still still working and learning this business. Sorry, I, I accidentally muted myself. Okay. That's why you couldn't hear me. I was going to say the art behind you, it's beautiful. There's four different pieces of it. Is that like your family, the four different people? So those are portraits of me and my children. Um, I mentioned that my mother was an artist. Um, I'll tell you what, let me go grab these two. You'll love them. Yeah, what, well, you know, one from far away almost looks like Mother Teresa or like the person's wearing a nun habit, but- it's hard to see from far away. I, I so admire people that are artistic. I wish I had that gene. That's my daughter. She would she would laugh a lot if she if you uh but I tell her that you thought she looked like Mother Teresa. Um that was a her pensive pose. Well, but no, this, you know why? It, it's because I'm seeing like a white thing right there, and I don't have very good vision. So it almost looks like a nun habit. It's far away, and she's in front of an illustration. It's like a painting on the wall. But this was my mother. I see the resemblance of you and her. So this was my mother, Helen March. And Helen was a portrait artist. And yeah, I learned everything I do. And her nose is crooked because it was. She used to fall and she fall and, fell and broke her nose like three times. But uh, she was what, a pistol. What medium is that? This is an acrylic. So I started, you know, as an artist, and I think anyone who's an artist might be able to understand this, but it took me a long time to feel comfortable and call myself an artist. But as an artist, I used to think that the only way to make a real perfect and acceptable painting was to paint in oils. But I really like acrylics. I paint very fast and they're very quick. And I have decided that acrylics are, are just perfectly fine. So this was my mom. And you'll like this one, Angie. We talked about 
being from the south side of Chicago, I'm a north side girl. And that was my dad. I don't know if you can see that. But uh, you I just I love your, I don't know what what that style that you're painting in is called. But I kind of think like Dick Tracy, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's called, but I just love it. It's called the Kathy way of painting, I guess. It's just fast and it's acrylics. And um, I I love color. Color is how I me too. It. I just wish you could see my house. I, I don't know if you're familiar with an artist named uh, Aframov. I don't know. Look him Tell up me. when you can't Leonid Aframov because because if you love color, it might be a different style than you. He uses like a palette knife, but that's we, we have this house and I never would have chosen white walls personally, but it was a spec house. And to make it, I, we couldn't, we, we didn't have time to paint it. So we got the, it, there, were, there was a Black Friday special last year and I got just huge, it, look him, if you have a chance, just look him up right now on the internet, Leonid Aframov, and tell me what you think of that style because I'm curious. How do you spell his name? A-F-R-E-M-O-V. I'm curious what an, a real artist thinks of another artist who, who is my favorite artist. A-F-R-E-M-O-V, Leonid Aframov. Unfortunately, he died right after the pandemic. Oh, I see. What do you think of that style? Then you love color. You would I love color. Oh, these are nice. These really are bright colors. Yes. Yep. That's I actually have wow. that one. anyway. So do I you really? Oh, those are nice. Yeah, he definitely he's got color. Yeah, so, there's a lot. Can you they're very you, they're fun? You know, you, you mentioned your mother was a portrait artist and you learned from her. Do you think that art artistic skill is partly genetic? Because I I would love to be a better artist. I, I just dabble in it. And, but don't you think that partly it, it you have to have some kind of. I you know, AJ, I have had this conversation so many times. It's, you know. Is it innate or is it something? Yeah, are great born? artists born or yes. made? Like, could you teach me to make a painting like that? I have. Yes. My grandfather was an artist, by the way. He was a doctor, but he was an excellent painter. He painted in oils. And I have tried so many times. I mean, I can make my art with food, but even then, it's never like you guys. Food is an art. I'll just tell you, there's one a woman, her name is Sandra Marshall, and she makes art out of food. You'll have to look her up. She's interesting. Anyhow, um, I do believe I've taught when I was in art school, I taught art to get myself through art school. My mother was an artist and I've always been an art teacher and something if you want to learn to draw and you're having a hard time, I really think learning to draw is really learning to see. So if you have an image you want to learn to draw, turn it upside down and start to draw it. And what that does is it forces you to look at the shapes that you're drawing because it's sort of so many times people think I'm going to draw a face and they draw this and they, they draw what they think a face is supposed to look like. But if you turn it upside down, it suddenly takes you away from that. You're not seeing a face, you're seeing shapes and lines and you draw it upside down and you turn it over and you'll be shocked. It'll probably be the best picture you've ever drawn. So a lot of learning to draw or learning to paint is really learning how to see Practice, practice, practice. Yes, obviously, I think there's some innate ability. You, you know, someone who's an amazing vocalist, sure, they can learn to sing better. But I, in all my, I could probably take classes for years and never be a, a fabulous singer. So I do think there's some of that. But, you know, I, I think everyone can learn to do something better. 
I did study uh, caricature for a while because I always wish I could do that like you see at the at the amusement parks, but I don't know. I, I, do you do you ever teach people? Do you teach any art classes? I do. I'm going to be starting some classes in January here in, I live in Denver and the town where my gallery is, is called Arvada. And there will be some classes that we're doing. I'm going to be doing some paint and sip classes and probably a figure class and perhaps a portrait class as well. We haven't really, it's a new gallery. We just started and we're still nailing out, you know, trying to figure out all the details. How do you use your art to promote veganism? I use it by selling my books. So when I go to these art fairs, I did a farmer's market this summer and I did an awful lot of different art fairs. And I have a lot of big, beautiful paintings that are um, their fruit, their vegetables. So people will come up and then I show them my book and I just kind of, I sell, when I go to these fairs, I usually sell my books, my greeting cards. I, I sell a lot of those. And I will sell some prints, but mostly I sell my books and I don't sell these books to vegans. The people buying my book are people who really want to add more plants to their diet. Nice. nice. Do you ever do uh, commission work? Like, for example, somebody seeing that carrot, for example, they, I don't know, they wanted to buy it or they wanted you to do an eggplant. Would you ever do something like that? Absolutely. And on my website, I have a link to that. I do portraits as well, people and pets. I was going to say that was my next question because everybody would love a portrait of their pet. I've often wanted one of Bailey. Yes. My next book that's coming out is called Benny the Escape Artist. And it's about my little dog and it's filled with Benny pictures. And on my website where you see there's a link to pet and people portraits, uh, you can see some examples of portraits of pets that I've done. And yes, I do commissions and those are done on a case by case basis, depending on size and medium and, and uh, intricacy of the painting. Where is Benny now? Benny is downstairs with my son. Whenever I do a Zoom call, he's usually pretty good and quiet, but he likes to bark if somebody walks by. And I just thought it'd be easier to have him hanging out with Ian downstairs watching football. Well, if we want to see him, I guess we're going to have to wait for the book then. The book will be out. I'm thinking probably I'm shooting for March 1st. I only have two more illustrations to finish, but there's another project that I'm working on for um, SEPA, which is the Colorado Independent Publishers Association. And I- It's so funny because SIBO is actually the name of a disease, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, because it sounds the same, but it's spelled differently. Yeah, yes. I've seen that acronym on other things as well, but yes, it's- um, we're, we're talking about changing the name to Colorado Independent Publishers and Authors Association, but we're still trying to figure out what we're going to do. But it's a great organization. That's how I learned how to publish my book. That's neat. Well, thanks for your work. It's really beautiful. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I was really excited when, um, what is Ginger? Ginger uh, sent me email and asked me to do it this weekend and I tried to fit you in it's Christmas and I've got you know so many people in my house and food to get ready but I'm I so, really, yeah, thank really you for taking you. thank you for taking the time that we, we we it was my goal there were so many people that applied that I couldn't get on so my goal was to cast a wide net send them all an email saying hey if you have the time this weekend we'll pre-record and then you're going to be shown during the what we're calling the chef AJ marathon on New Year's Day 
I am so excited. Thank you so much. And this has been such a pleasure. You're the kind of person I know if I knew you in real life, you and I'd be friends. You're oh, I, I know. You, you remind me of me, except much more artistic. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're girls from Chicago. Wrong side of town for you, honey. But <laughs> you, know, you know, I have a new book coming out next year. And it's uh, based on, I used to be a pastry chef at a Los Angeles restaurant and I never used oil or sugar or salt. And it, my favorite dessert, I actually named after my favorite dessert from Marshall Fields and it's called the Frango Mint Pie. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have to see that. Seriously. I, I love Frango Mints. Um, I made brownies. I always, I make these black brown. Black oh, you're, 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 I can't hear you anymore. Did you hit your volume? Something happened. Oh no, I don't want it to end. I had one more question. You you said I made these black bean brownies in your vo you, I can't hear you anymore. Did you touch something? No. Oh, now I it's better. Not. Now it's better. Okay. I, I went I went and muted myself and oh, I see what it is. It's my internet connection. Okay. Well, let's end, we'll, we'll we'll end it just a sec but finish the thought. Um I made black green brownies for an event that I went to and somebody took one and he ate it and he's like you were really good but I didn't get that crazy sugar rush I usually get I mean there was sugar in there but there was also fiber and black beans and I had oat flour in there yep. and you know, that really dates oats beans yep. cocoa powder pretty much yeah. but, you, you know when you were talking about the mother sauces and making them vegan I just I still I love that concept but when you said brown sauce you know, I understand look, the cashew cream can be the white sauce. What makes a brown sauce vegan? Let me look and see what I did. Because to tell you the honest to God truth off the top of my head, I am not sure. Let me look it up. Um, I always think hummus and pesto are also definitely sauces. There's so many, unless somebody just eats meat, there's so many things that are vegan already that people so love. Things. Guacamole. Well, people tell me they don't like vegan food. I look at them. I'm like, you don't like apples? <laughs> yeah, or you don't like mashed You don't like a banana? Yeah. Okay. So the brown sauce is onions, vegetable stock, apple mushrooms, um, garlic clove. I have some miso paste in there and some coconut aminos. Nice. Nice. So it almost sounds like a gravy. Pretty much. Um, whenever I make um, gravy for Thanksgiving, I make a really good mushroom gravy. And I put white wine sauce in that. And people like it. There's no, I don't even put oil in it, but there's no meat at all. I'd love to hear, hear from you as a follow-up when your daughter, who's a nurse, hears Dr. Gregor, if she decides that that might be the reason. To I also sent them a link. I met Dr. Clapper and I was fortunate to have breakfast with him one day as well. And I sent them a link to his talk that he gives to medical students. And I don't know if they've watched it. It's you can lead a horse to water. Mm. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, AJ, for having me. And I really enjoyed meeting you. I hope that you and I can meet in person someday. Oh, me too. Who knows? Maybe I'll be in Colorado or maybe you'll come to California. Thanks so well, much. Well, I probably will get out there because both my niece who's out there and my nephew, his wife is about ready to have a baby and so is my niece. So there'll be two new babies by February. So I think my daughter and I might, if we do, I'll make sure I stop by and say hi. Thank you so much. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back soon for another great show.